Well, good morning or whatever time it is for you that you're listening to this. Welcome to the Real World Podcast, uh, where Scott and Bobby tackle real issues in a real world, mending the gap between boomers and millennials. My name's Tyler. I'm your host, and I'm joined here by Scott and Bobby. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys today? I'm doing good. I had some coffee this morning. Awesome. And you brought over more coffee. <laughs> I want to make sure that you're alive and well during this podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, that's yes. important. It's, <laughs> it it's hard to do a podcast if you're not alive. <laughs> it's also pretty hard for me to be well without coffee. So <laughs> You know what? It fits. It, yeah, it you just works. It does. It yeah. does. So I'm grateful. Yes. Good. I'm Thank glad. You. Thank you. Uh, Bobby heard our heard our, our prayers and petitions uh, <laughs> for several weeks of of man we need coffee and uh, so she, I will come armed each and every time she's delivering yeah with love I do deliver just like the restaurants so support your local restaurants she's our yes. deliverer <laughs> oh goodness oh wow no uh, didn't no. land no no. <laughs> no we're gonna pretend that didn't happen that's right we'll edit it out yes. we'll edit it out <laughs> <laughs> well, how are you guys doing this week? I'm doing good. I, I wanted to give a shout out to um, to my friend Pam Heyer. She has been so supportive of this podcast. Mm. She she um, promotes it on her own personal social media. She's always you know commenting and letting me know um, what she thinks about it. And she actually sent an article this week where. On the COVID-19, they've mm. been looking at the different groups, um, you know, the Gen Z, Gen Millennials, Gen X, and Boomers, and how they're getting their information. Oh. And so I thought it was kind of interesting. So when you look at the Gen Z, they're getting like 51% of their information from online videos. Mm. Um, and then their next uh, two are um, online TV streaming, 38%, and then video games, 31%. And I'm thinking, well, how are you getting COVID-19 hmm. info from video games? But I have no idea. But apparently, I think that's just how they're spending their time right. versus getting COVID-19 uh, information. And information then, was an important part of that. <laughs> yes. Getting COVID-19. Yeah, information. information. <laughs> you heard it here fo- first, folks. You can get the virus from playing video games. Stay off those consoles. Stay. So the bottom line is then we get it. Well, I'm not even at the bottom line, so let's not go there yet. So millennials, though, online videos, 44%. Mm. On TV streaming, uh, 41, and then broadcast TV is 35%. I was kind of surprised. That's tied with music streaming, how they're spending their time oh, wow. online. Then we move into Gen X, <clears throat> who broadcast TV is their number one, 45%. Mm. Online videos is 35 and then uh, second was radio, 38 tied with... Um, uh, with TV streaming. So interesting. So radio, it seems like is particularly for that group, for that group, for Gen, Gen Xers, Gen which X. was really surprising. Cause that doesn't even show up on any of the other ones. I mean, it shows oh, up it's but probably because Gen Xers three. are all in those essential worker categories and they're still commuting. They're still commuting. Well, yeah. That could be, that could be, well, then you come to, um, boomers, which this I find interesting between the Gen Xers, which are 38 to 56-year-olds, then the boomers are 57 to 64-year-olds, that no surprise on number one, which is broadcast TV, but it's at 42%, which is less than the Gen Xers. Then, uh-huh. I would have thought broadcast TV would have been way higher for yeah. boomers, yeah. and it's not. And then, but interesting, 
Lee, the next category is none of these. Huh. That tells me they're reading newspapers, right? What else, where else are they getting? Is this just ways they're from? spending time, or ways that they're actually acquiring information? Well, I think this is actually media consumption altogether. Yeah, so that's sure. what this is versus just COVID nineteen, because obviously you're not getting COVID nineteen information from video games, but. Um, and it's probably a little too early to generate very progressive video games. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, man, they were quick, but I just thought that was quite interesting that the second highest for boomers was none. And then third was online TV streaming. Hmm. And you know, they're watching DVDs. I mean, I do. I mean, a lot of my friends are boomers like I am and VHS. they do listen to a lot of podcasts and do spend a lot of time online so i'm um, so for podcast is on there and there's no percentage next to it. it's only four percent it's like yeah. such a small percent and but i think i don't know when this study was done yeah but it'd be interesting yeah. to see these numbers like during this time period you know what i mean like this could have been done right before that or right yeah that's that's what i was uh that's what i was gonna say is that it's probably too early for us to have these metrics just, just for this, this last time. Yeah, i agree I you know, agree. A month or two. But man, what a fascinating thank I you so much, so. Pam, for uh, for sending that yeah, to us. Yeah, for sure. And I just wanted to say sorry, Gen Xers, but you know, you're kind of older than the boomers if you're listening to broadcast TV more than the boomers. And radio. And radio. Like it's this <laughs> is like that was shocking to me. I will say I'm one of the few people that I know in my generation that still listen to the radio faithfully. Like when you say you listen to the radio. Whenever I'm you, in the car, I, I listen to FM radio. You listen to FM. I listen to Sirius. So mm -hmm. I, I mean, I do listen to podcasts a lot, frankly. Mm -hmm. I do. I've really kind of, there are some that I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, but I only do that like half time because I can only take that half time. Yeah. Then I have, I, I love, um, there's one called The Message on Sirius and mm -hmm. they play just wonderful Christian music. And mm -hmm. I really like that. No commercials, you know, mm -hmm. um, but sometimes I'll. You know, switch over to FM as well. Yeah. I yeah. don't listen to any radio. You just do your Spotify thing? I will, yeah, I'll Bluetooth in my Spotify mm -hmm. or I'll just drive in silence. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I. It's mm. a good contemplative time for me. No, you know what? It actually is a good contemplative time. Yeah. And, and that's why when I have worship music on, I can still be contemplative yeah, when absolutely. that's on, of course. Yeah. 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 Intentionally. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Scott, what about you? How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm staying pretty busy with, uh, with work, uh, right now, uh, working for the church, I'm supporting multiple teams. And so I'm doing a lot with our, um, helping support just our online platform and our streaming services. And then also, uh, I mentioned in a previous episode, how our church has been, um, manufacturing PPE gear, uh, personal protection equipment. For those of you who don't know what PPE is. And if I could interject, I actually saw the article this morning from the Baptist Press, and one of the pictures has you in it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now I'm officially famous. You are officially famous. <laughs> in the Baptist Press. <laughs> in the Baptist Press. Yeah. So uh, it's it's been really good. It's nice to be busy. It's nice to have things to do. I have friends who are losing their minds. They're just kind of stuck at home with kids. Or losing their jobs. Or losing their jobs, yeah. Which is really tragic. And I, I just want to briefly say, you know, it does. we were kind of talking about this before. It just seems fitting to s share it now. It's like, it seems like it's both extremes right now. Either you're going crazy, either having to work and still, and homeschool your kids on top of all of that and taking care of your home and everything. Uh, or you're working your first responder or you're working in defense industry or whatever, 
<clears throat> excuse me, um, or you don't have that much to do. You've lost your job and you're trying to find ways to spend your day. And I know I've, for my friends, I've heard a lot of them that are really concerned about how much they're overeating because when you're home all day, it's like, I'm, I'm serious. Just don't buy it. Don't buy it. Don't make it because you're going to eat it because you're there. <laughs> well, I, uh, kind of funny to that point. One of our, uh, one of our coworkers posted on Instagram, maybe like a month ago, he, uh, he posted a, a little thing that he said, uh, so when this quarantine is over, do the producers from my 600 pound life just find me or <laughs> yeah. how does this work? I saw that before too. <laughs> it's so funny. And it, it, it's, unfortunately it's true. I've gained eight pounds during this time and I'm busy, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but yet I think I've used it as an excuse mm. to, um, for comfort food. I'm intentionally not looking. Yeah. Well, you know, if, if you're looking for some self-control tips, you can listen to a previous episode. Of, uh, <laughs> this is a good point. Good yeah. point. <laughs> I love it. Well, let's jump into our, uh, since you brought that up, we'll jump into our sort of core conversation for, for this morning's episode. Uh, we uh, talked a couple of weeks ago uh, about self-control, uh, which is one of the fruits of the spirit. And uh, we thought it would be great to uh, to talk a little bit about uh, gentleness, um, another one of the, another one of the fruits of the spirit. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Scott, do you want to kind of take us away and give us a, a real quick introduction of, of, uh, a, maybe a reminder of what the fruits of the spirit are? Oh boy. You're gonna make me list them. No, no, no. I like <laughs> what, like on the spot. No, oh, that, yeah. that phrase, the fruits of the spirit. What oh, is got that? it? Like, got it. Yeah. So we kind of touched on this, uh, two episodes ago, uh, when we talked about, um, self-control, and the fruits of the spirit, um, fruit being something you bear, like a fruit tree. Uh, and so a fruit of the spirit is basically something that you is produced in your life when you're filled with the spirit. And so uh, we talked about self-control is one of the things that as you're filled with the spirit you have. And the same thing goes with gentleness. And so a fruit of the spirit is essentially that. It's something that doesn't exist in your life aside, essentially, from the Holy Spirit inside your life. And so, um, yeah. You know, <clears throat> pardon me, the whole issue of gentleness, I've never considered myself really that gentle, you know, and I think most people would probably agree, at least externally, because I'm, I don't know, I'm an eight, I'm just like so energetic, and I've always got so many things going, and um, and as I was doing some research on it, um, I think I did, in fact, kind of confuse gentle with weak. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why I've kind of always steered clear of that mm. so much. Almost intentionally. Almost intentionally because, and then having three sons, like I didn't want my sons to grow up as, you know. Um, little weak boys. Little weak boys. I, I Truly. <laughs> I, I mean, that was something that I felt strongly about because mm -hmm. we need strong men in this society, right? Mm -hmm. And. And so I think about when they were little and they would fall, um, you know, inside I'm dying, but, it, <laughs> but externally I'm like, you're fine. Come on, get up. Yeah. You know, and I find myself doing that with my grandchildren as well. Stop even my crying granddaughter. Or I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> but even my granddaughter, <laughs> you know, and, and I think that's important though. Cause I don't think, you know, one of the things that I have, um, that really has kind of hit home with me this week was how. You know, we have a personal relationship with God, 
and how we are in this world truly kind of alone. Like mm. it's between us and him, no matter who we are surrounded by. And so my point is, is how much we have to rely on him. Yeah. Not so much others like him first. Yeah. And how I think so many of us haven't done that, including myself. Whereas like, you know, we're looking to these other people to do or be something for us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how I need to first look to him about everything. And so I think when we coddle and we do things like that, we're almost discouraging them to look to the, you know, to the Lord first. So, um, and we want to encourage that. And I know that sounds kind of silly in comparison to talking about little kids, but you know what? I think, I just think it's important for them to learn that early, that that's where it starts. Yeah. I think it's also important to know when we're talking about like parents and kids that before kids have a relationship with the father, they have a relationship with their parents. And so True. a lot of the interactions that kids have with their parents, they then reflect on God, they, they put on God. And so if you have unhealthy responses to your mm -hmm. kids, mm -hmm. um, kids will often assume that's how God is as well. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it's important to have these fruits of the spirit in our lives mm -hmm. so that they see God as those things as well. Mm -hmm. And not, um, you could say like as a harsh person or someone like, uh, this is maybe throwing Tyler it's telling a little bit of his story, but he always talked about how he always felt like God was annoyed with him mm. growing up. And, uh, mm. was it annoyed? Um, and so, uh, one of the things that I personally, uh, always struggled with, uh, in, in mine was like feeling like I had something, um, I think like special outside of, uh, maybe other people. Um, like I always felt like I knew God loved me, but maybe that there wasn't anything like necessarily special there. Um, and that's not, I, I guess maybe it could be taken as like a dig on you guys. It's, I'm not saying that as a dig on you guys, but Every, everybody has some kind of a perceived lacking of something. Mm -hmm. And so we tend to then cast that on, <clears throat> onto, um, to God in, in those ways. And so I, I realize we're kind of not talking about gentleness that's as of right, right now, but, uh, <laughs> we've morphed a little bit, but that's okay. Well, uh, the, the thing about gentleness is that, uh, it's often, uh, that, that word in the Greek and Scott, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about this, but that word in the Greek is often translated, uh, meek. And so it's the same word that's used to describe Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's the same word in the Septuagint that's used to describe Moses and several other people. But these are not two people that I would particularly think as being weak by any stretch no. of the imagination. Yeah, so the word for gentleness is uh, proutes, um, with the root word there being praus. Uh, Tase is just an ending that makes it into uh, an adjective, the, any, the ness at the end, and so it's prousness. And that word praus... Um, is often, I think, um, not mistranslated, but under-translated, I guess you would say. Uh, we don't get the fullness of the word in, in the English and what it really means. And there's, uh, we often see it translated as gentle or meek, um, but there's a, a large sense of uh, vulnerability in the word. And so uh, mm -hmm. Jesus says, mm -hmm. um, I am prouse take on my yoke and be like me. And uh, I think about how Jesus was gentle and vulnerable 
with, with people. And that's the gentleness that we're called to is um, not just I have extreme power and choose not to exercise it, uh, but an openness with people, a vulnerability with people, a showing his um, his weaknesses to people, allowing opening himself up for attack, right? We have mm-hmm. Jesus, who's mm-hmm. God himself, who opens himself up to these 12 guys and allows one of them to betray him, mm-hmm. right? That was extreme mm-hmm. vulnerability he, he showed. Yeah. And excuse me, uh, it's that same vulnerability that uh, we're, we're called to. Well, and I would say in that regard, I mean, I think I'm kind of both sides of this. I think from that perspective, I've I've always been like an open book because I want people to be able to learn from my mistakes, um, you know, from really just from from my life, you know, um, because I feel like we learn so much from each other because we're in this world together, right? We're on this journey together. And, uh, so it, you know, I kind of feel like, like I said, I'm kind of both extremes. I feel like I can be very gentle on the one hand. And I think even as an eight, that's actually an aspect of that. Like, um, again, I think with the Enneagram, it's like we all have strengths and weaknesses in each of the numbers. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think externally, I often probably wouldn't be labeled as gentle. Mm. Um, And when we look at gentleness, um, this definition I have in front of me is like it's a strong hand with a soft touch. Yeah, I don't have too many soft touches, unfortunately. Um, I don't know. Scott, tell me. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm, I'm okay with it. Like when you think about being, when you were little, um, what do you think as far as I'm concerned? Um, I mean, I think there's gentleness in, in a variety of ways, right? Mm-hmm. There's like physical gentleness, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like a very, is a strong man able to hold a, a, a newborn baby. Like dad. You know what I mean? Like you have to have a gentleness about you not to yes. grip the baby with all of your might. Right. Right. Um, then there's emotional gentleness. There's uh, relational gentleness. Uh, there, there's all different kinds of, of ways that this needs to penetrate our lives. Um, I think there are ways that you were gentle and there are ways where it was hard for you to be gentle. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I... It, it's hard to to really say like you were gentle or you weren't gentle yeah, just because yeah. there's so many different facets it's, to it. That's true. That's true. And, and, and clearly as a mom, I mean, gosh, you know, just being a mom, gee, I'll just start crying now. Um, but how can you not be gentle with the little one? You know, I mean, well, and I think that that's an, that's an important distinction for us is that, you know, uh, you know, that's how, uh, that's how God the Father sees all of us, no matter what our age. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is and that's hard to just comprehend. Yeah, right. Yeah. That that He would see us as a newborn. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, and I mean, because to Him, I mean, we're like we think about ourselves uh, as like, oh, well, you know, I'm 30, or I'm, you know. 57, 58 mm-hmm. now. And, you know, we start to mm-hmm. think of ourselves as like, well, I'm, I'm an adult. I've lived a, I've lived a considerable life compared to 
other lives around me. Um, but when we think about God, who's infinite, you know, before time existed and, and, uh, that by comparison, we're all very little ones. You know, it's funny when I think about, when I think about God, when I think about Jesus and how, um, meek he was, it was in strength though. And how, I mean, yeah, he did get angry. Right, I mean, he mm-hmm. experienced, but even in that showed gentleness. It, correct, and that's kind of what I was saying. He got angry, but he was still someone like I want to be angry like that. You know what I mean? We all experience anger, but I want to experience anger like he did because I think sometimes I'm over the top when I get angry, and it's it's kind of like the same thing. It's like kind of like holding back and and um, you know, even being gentle in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think very rarely are people angry for um, righteous or godly things. Right. Most of the time we're angry right. because of something within us. Exactly. We're selfish and yeah. something didn't go our way and we tend to lash out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I, I can speak for firsthand. That's definitely for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when it happens. I mean, I can get angry at some righteous things as well, right? Sure. When things aren't going the way we know that the Lord, you know, wants them to go or hopes that they'll go. But, um, but I think you're right. I think most of the time it's more selfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's important for us to, to bring back up kind of what we talked about a few, four, four weeks ago, um, is that this isn't something that, um, this is something that comes with the presence of the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, uh, once again, I think we often find ourselves praying for the blessings of God and the blessings of his presence without asking for his presence. Mm. And so we, we find ourselves even in good things. We're saying, God, give me gentleness. God, give me patience. God, give me self control. We're asking for these things that come as a byproduct. We're asking for the byproduct of the real product. Yes. And the real product is him and his presence, his relationship. And so once again, I think we have to ask ourselves, are we praying for the right things? Are we praying for something he can give us? Or are we praying for him? Mm-hmm. And I just want to, you know, add to that. Um, I feel that the last couple weeks have been changed for me because of that, because that's what I'm praying for now every morning. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think even with regard to this gentleness, it's like I've watched the kids three times this week and it was just, it was really good. It was such a good week. And I didn't find myself getting so frustrated or um, angry is kind of a, a strong word. I don't really get angry at the kids, mm-hmm. um, but frustrated, you know, with little ones, potty training, all that kind of stuff can be frustrating, mm-hmm. you know, but I just didn't, I didn't experience that this week. Mm-hmm. It was really good. And I feel like because my, my prayer has, has changed each morning for the Holy Spirit, um, you know, to come and fall afresh on me and for me to be seeking him and to be working alongside him in comparison to, you know, my wish list kind of thing. Sure. Um, that I feel like it was, it's been different. Yeah. And, and part of the reason why this happens is just the nature of humanity is we emulate the people that we're around. Mm-hmm. And so as we have relationship with God, as we have relationship with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit in our lives, we start to emulate him. Mm-hmm. 
And so we get to know him more. We see how gentle he is yes. with us, with other mm-hmm. people. And it starts, we start to mimic him. We start to try to be like him. Right. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed, but like when you hang out with someone for a long time, you start to say things like that person. Absolutely. You start to act like that person, be like that person. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing in our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And so as we spend more time with the Holy Spirit, as we invite him into relationship with us and keep uh, pursuing those things and spending time with him, mm-hmm. those things will start to find themselves fruiting in our lives. Absolutely. And I, and I, and, you know, he also says there's, um, there's no condemnation in Jesus, uh, you know what I mean? And and so if we have sinned or when we have sinned, I mean, move on. You know, we don't dwell in that. We need to get back to where we need to be. And so um, I've had to do that because it's like not only with, so I kind of feel like I'm dealing with the extreme, so I'm watching kids, and then I'm also dealing with my dad. Mm. And it's kind of similar in some respects, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and so the, the, I find uh, myself getting angry though with my dad, the, the newly, the, kids. the newly bred and the nearly dead have more in common than everyone in between. Seriously. I mean, and it's, and, and my dad's, I mean, he's fully, I mean, he's not, you know, he doesn't have dementia or Alzheimer's or anything like that, but you know, it's really difficult because you want to respect your father. They're still your parent. Yeah. Um, but it's really hard when you almost become the parent of mm-hmm. your parent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's an interesting um, place to be. So I'm sorry, Scott. <laughs> yeah, no, you're going Down in the home line. for sure. <laughs> I'm going in home. I always told him, <laughs> just shoot me and throw me off a cliff because that'd be a lot easier. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it has its own challenges because, you know, you want to respect them mm-hmm. fully. But yet sometimes when you get to that age, your perspective is just so different. Scott, let's talk a little bit more about uh, one of the things that you mentioned about uh, this word prouse is that uh, this Greek word prouse mm-hmm. is that it has a, a strong um, sort of connotation of uh, vulnerability. What, mm-hmm. Why vulnerable? Like what, what does vulnerability have to do with gentleness or meekness or how this word is often translate, translated to English. Yeah, and I think um, meekness or gentleness uh, are good words to, to translate this word to, um, but I think we don't have a good understanding of those English words. And so um, I think of the word meekness, which is having um, power and choosing not, not to exercise it. Um, and so uh, Jesus being the meekest of all, he's the son of God. He can call down the angels to defend himself, um, to do anything he wants. He could usurp his kingdom right then and there. If he wanted to be king, he could have been king. But he says, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not exercising those things. I'm choosing to live in vulnerability with these people. Uh, I'm choosing to um, kind of just live as one of them. And, uh, and so he opens himself up to um, attack, essentially. He, and the, the only way we do that is through, through showing an area that we're able to be attacked. And so, uh, and that's really what vulnerability is, is showing a part of yourself to someone that if they know that they can hurt you now, because, I, yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, I had, I, I heard a, uh, one of my favorite authors, Del Miller, uh, explain it this way, uh, that, you know, he was talking about, uh, like a marital relationship, you know, his, his 
relationship with his wife. And he said, uh, essentially every day I'm giving her a loaded gun and you know, this is something like I'm giving her a bullet that is something that could destroy me. Mm. And I'm trusting that she's not going to use it mm-hmm. against me. And every day she's giving me one of her bullets of wow. something that could destroy her and trusting that. And so over time we just have all these, uh, you know, we have in the middle of the, between us, we have all of these guns piled up mm-hmm. of things that we could use to destroy each other, mm. but we trust each other that we won't. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that's like such a, uh, a visceral picture for me of what vulnerability is, is, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and maybe another way to, because I think even vulnerability sometimes has a negative uh, feeling for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so maybe another way to think about it is unguarded, Hmm. you know, that, Mm -hmm. that like I, with you, am choosing to be, to not have my, my guards up, not have my walls up. I'm choosing to, to lay down the drawbridge and let you in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Extreme openness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as the married person here at the table, um, you know, I can totally get that point. But from my perspective, it I guess it depends on your relationship. And I can certainly think of times when, when I think about that scenario where you wanted to just, yeah. You wanted to just take it back. You just wanted to take it back. Yeah. But when I think, or of, just pull the trigger on the other just person, pull the to trigger hurt on the other person to hurt them, because, but it all comes back to what we were talking about earlier. It's it's kind of like that selfishness and and like the impact to us. Yeah. So we're at that point in time not thinking uh, as a married couple. Right. You're thinking individually. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's the challenge. Um, it's a challenge with marriage, but it's the challenge <laughs> just um, relationships. Relationships. And because we truly are what I was sharing earlier, it really is between us and the Lord. So in that respect, it's, it's a, an individual relationship. But then when you get married, you know, that's, there's three of you in that relationship. Right. Right. And so it's important to remember that. And, And, you know, we've been married almost 39 years next, next week, it'll be 39 years. And which is truly amazing, but it's frankly because of your dad, Scott. I mean, your dad is just so awesome. And when I think about gentleness, talk about a gentle giant. In fact, mm-hmm. I think Tyler or Scott, in a previous episode, you called him that. Yeah, I did. And and he adored the mm-hmm. newborns. Like, he just adored them. And, you know, most men just don't. Yeah. Like, most men have a difficult time with... um with newborns. Yeah. And he just, he just adored you guys. Mm -hmm. And, and he was so gentle with you. Yeah. You know, uh, he's one of the people when I think of gentleness, I think Mm -hmm. of for sure. He just embodies it. Yes. Um, it's one of the, the fruits of the spirit that I think he has been most endowed with. Mm -hmm. Um, I can just recall times where I saw him have right and power to attack someone or destroy someone for doing something that was wrong. (laughs) I won't, I won't name names. I won't name names. Probably me. And to see him like internalize it and use restraint and say, no, this isn't, if I do Mm -hmm. this, it won't build this relationship. Right. Right. And that's really the heart behind those things is, is I can, I have power. I have right. They have wronged me, whoever it may be, Mm -hmm. but I'm choosing to lay that aside because I want to continue this relationship. Right. And that's what 
Jesus has done with us because we have extremely wronged him. Yes. And we deserved to be destroyed, like literally. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he said, no, I'm going to set that aside and do what I can to Mm -hmm. continue to build this relationship. Yes. And and I will say, and I agree with you a hundred percent. I think of your dad and in that regard. And I really think that's what attracted me to him was that gentleness because it was so opposite my father. You know, I love my father, but I really found that attractive was being just a gentle giant, right? And, um, but, you know, the same thing has happened to me. And I think I have exercised gentleness when I have been wronged. Um, and I chose to not take that further and really, you know, cause mm-hmm. trouble with others. I mean, it's happened to me numerous times. And, and I think to take it a step further and make it more difficult for us is that gentleness isn't just something we're called to be with those we love and those who we're kind of like made to have a relationship with, right? Like our family members and, the, and our mm-hmm. friends and those types of things. Mm-hmm. But people who we don't like, people who yes. wrong us on maybe a regular basis, people who... Um, and it was it was this this word, this meekness, this gentleness that, that really led Jesus to even on the cross as they're or just mm-hmm. before the cross or no, it was on the cross yeah. as they're casting lots for him to say, father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was this gentleness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was this power restrained. It was this, uh, this active choosing to lay down power, mm-hmm. uh, and to not demand, not demand his own right. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. I know you said you're an eight and you struggle with it. And mm-hmm. that's often the case where, um, so eights do struggle sometimes with gentleness, but, um, with every weakness of a type, it's also an extreme ability to be the best at that thing. And Mm so eights can actually be more gentle and merciful, uh, than any other type. Like they have an extreme gift in that area as well, um, because they have extreme power. And so, uh, so what you're saying, there's hope for me. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. Well, because you know the as we're kind of touching on the enneagram, uh, the you know the eight, the challenger, uh, when they're at a place of of real like peace and togetherness, mm-hmm. and like there's no stress in their life, they actually emulate the best parts of the two, which is the the loving and the helping person. And I've seen that in you more more than your eightness is like, you know, when I was, uh, what, what was, what were we Scott? Like 25 that I practically lived in your guy's house. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, just the, the, the love, the hospitality, the, the, you know, desire to, to just help and be present. Like, uh, the, the eight has a, a unique ability to, to when things are calm Mm. to just be that, you know, that, that picture of, of love and of patience and gentleness. and Well, ironically, is, is, is that when I was growing up, I mean, there was a lot of, my parents fought a lot. Yeah. You know, there was just, <laughs> they did, they were married for 60 years and they <laughs> argued until time. my mother died. I mean, that's just their relationship. Yeah. But as a child, you know, that's hard to listen to. Mm. And so that was just kind of what I was um, accustomed to, but believe it or not, I was the peacemaker in the home. Mm. I was, I was the one that was always trying to bring people together. Mm. That was my kind of my role mm. was peacemaker. Mm-hmm. 
And you were the middle child. I was the youngest. Oh, you were the youngest. That's Rick. My brother Rick is always saying that he's that I'm the older sister, but it's not true, <laughs> it's Rick. Not true. <laughs> it's not true. Because I think I've heard him say yes, it multiple yeah. times. Heard him he say it had one of our close family friends, Dan, <laughs> believing yes. that that he was the youngest. <laughs> like he said, like Dan said something to my mom and my mom was like, wait, what? <laughs> it's like, no, I'm the baby of the family. Okay. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Scott, it's kind of funny that you mentioned, um, you know, not demanding, not demanding what is owed is kind of a part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier in the same chapter that we're talking about, the fruits of the spirit, Galatians five, earlier in the chapter, uh, Paul is, uh, sort of like ramping up. He does this a lot when he writes. He like he ramps up and like really lathers it on thick for people, mm-hmm. uh, so that they really are, they're like, okay, well now I feel like I have to yeah. do whatever you're gonna say. <laughs> um, but one of the ways that he kind of ramps up this this uh, uh, this challenge uh, to the Galatian church to exhibit the fruits of the spirit is uh, he says, by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, and he uses that word again, the the, the Prouse mm-hmm. uh, uh, root word, um, but then he adds in another word for gentleness there. So even though in the fruits of the Spirit, the, the word for gentleness is this Prouse that we've been talking about, uh, in describing Christ, he adds in another word, uh, Ipikeia, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Transliterating that I wrong. To, but um, but one of the things that I just found uh, a great resource, we talked about hermeneutics in mm-hmm. our uh, one of our more recent episodes, and a uh, great resource on uh, that's available on a lot of different platforms, one of them being uh, BibleStudyTools.com, uh, another one being uh, Blue Letter Bible that we mentioned. But one of my favorite commentaries um, for years has been Robertson's Word Pictures. Um, because he takes words and really gives you a little bit more of the connotation rather than just the denotation mm. of the word. The and hermeneutics. The hermeneutics. And uh, this word that that uh, Paul uses for gentleness for Jesus earlier in the chapter uh, is someone, it's, a, it's a, like a word from Greek ethics, that it's that a man who exhibits this, this uh, ipike, uh, is or Ipike is a man who does not press for the for the extent of his rights. Mm-hmm. That is so your dad. That is mm-hmm. so your dad. He is such a good example of that. Mm-hmm. And I really liked what you said earlier. Gosh, I learned so much from you guys each and every time we do one of these podcasts. And um, and I don't remember exactly how you put it, Scott, but it was, it was kind of like you know having the power to do something but choosing not to. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's your dad so often, whether it was me, but just, you know, with a situation or others is like, I think other people in my family that have really pushed your dad's buttons and he was so gracious. Yeah. Well, I mean, I even think of, um, and I'm not going to go into most of the details on this, but dad's company a while back got wronged by uh, another company Mm -hmm. and the government Mm -hmm. and his company sued and didn't sue for a full compensation and everything. It just sued for the rights to continue relationship essentially Hmm. is what he did. And it, because he wanted to continue building that relationship, even though he had been wronged, like Mm -hmm. he could have sued for millions and millions and try to get back everything that he actually won. They won the suit, but it was for like you said, to continue the relationship, not in terms of getting dollars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
You're right. Not to punish, but to. Yeah. Yes. He was like, okay, like you've wronged. Let's get past that. Let's keep moving yes. forward. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's actually kind of how I have lived my life. I mm. will say that. Like, honestly, I, that's something I learned from um, Graham and Pop. Dave's mom and dad yeah. was never hold a grudge. Like, mm. and I don't. And I've certainly been wronged and I've wronged others and so and so forth. But it's like, you know what? When you have a situation, you ask for forgiveness and then you move on. Now, there's a lot of people in this world, including Christians, that can't do that. Like, mm-hmm. they really struggle with um, forgiveness and mm-hmm. then just kind of like letting go and moving on. And I understand that perhaps you don't want to maybe continue in a relationship that might have been volatile or something like that. That's different. But um, but you know what? It's to me for my psyche, I have to be able to move on. And mm-hmm. so I just don't ever harbor. For sure. And there's just a difference yeah. between forgiveness and trust. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you right. can forgive someone and move on. Doesn't mean you have to trust that person right. again. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So forgiveness is not holding it against them, mm-hmm. but they would have to reestablish trust. And so right. uh, know that like if you were like my mom said, like ever in like some kind of maybe even like a, an abusive relationship right. or whatever, like you right. are called to forgive that person mm-hmm. as difficult as that may sound, but you're mm-hmm. not called to have to trust them and re-enter Correct. in a relationship with them. Correct. Mm. Absolutely. And I've been in that situation myself and I'm not going to go into details, but you know, forgiveness is key. Mm. Right. Um, but like you said, I mean, you're not necessarily going to trust that person again mm. in the same respect, but you know what you need to have, Again, you need to exercise these fruits of the spirit and gentleness, of course, being one of them moving forward. Mm. You don't just like harbor that. Don't resent that situation or that person. Just accept it and then move on. Mm. And yeah, I I think that's something I learned from, I think, but I know that that's something that I learned from your your grandparents and and that has served me well Mm. over Mm. the years. Mm. It has served me well. So what are some ways that we can uh, that we can look for um, this fruit of the spirit in our daily lives? Uh, this idea of gentleness, of meekness, of vulnerability, mm-hmm. of um, you know unguardedness with people. Uh, what are some ways that we can look for God to work that out and the Holy Spirit to work that out uh, in our daily life? Yeah, so one, I would start with, once again, praying for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to, so if you're a Christian, um, the Holy Spirit already does dwell within you. Um, If you're not a Christian, uh, now's a great time to uh, ask for forgiveness and um, invite the the Holy Spirit to come live inside you and make uh, God Lord of your life. and become a Christian and then know that the Holy Spirit will live within you as, as a believer. But above that, ask for the filling of the spirit in your life. And so, um, there's a difference between indwelling and filling as a believer. You have the indwelling of the spirit, which just means he is there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're necessarily filled with the spirit in at all times. And so ask for mm-hmm. the filling of the spirit mm-hmm. in your life, make that a mm-hmm. daily prayer for you that his mm-hmm. presence is there with you. Um, and he will start to lead you in some of those ways. But then I would say particularly pay attention to relational interactions with people in ways that people have maybe wronged you um, and look at your reactions to that thing. Mm-hmm. Are, or, or maybe not even necessarily wronged you, but are frustrating. Frustrating or 
even just um, new relationships as well. Uh, look for ways where you can be vulnerable with these people in a healthy way, right? Don't just jump mm-hmm. out into extreme vulnerability on the first day. Right. Um, but um, basically what I'm, what I was getting at with, with all those aspects is, are you putting the relationship, the future of that relationship as the goal or is it getting right and getting exactly what you deserve now, the goal? Right. And I think for me, I definitely can admit that that has been my MO at least mm-hmm. some of the time. Mm-hmm. I guess we could probably all admit that um, where I'm just looking and seeking, you know, um, my benefits yeah, it's that, it's that, that ongoing battle of flesh and spirit that we have within us all right. the time. But I guess the way I look at it is when I look at your dad, though, I don't see that. Like, he, he's always, it always seems like he, I mean, he's very unselfish. Mm-hmm. And so um, he's looking at the big picture mm-hmm. uh, and the benefits to all versus his personal benefits. And I need to do that. I need to do that more. Let's put it that way. I can't say, I mean, I certainly do that. And there's another aspect of this that we haven't really talked about a lot too, is that there's false humility. Sometimes Mm -hmm. there is, there's false, any of these things Mm -hmm. um, where we portray ourselves as that knowing that we will gain from that. And I'm not saying that's what dad has done or uh, any of those things, but we also have to guard ourselves from this self-righteousness that we have. For sure. Of, uh, I'm going to portray myself in this way as I'm extremely humble. I'm extremely whatever. Mm -hmm. And then get praises for those things. And Mm -hmm. Jesus says, you know, like when you boast in front Mm -hmm. of humanity and Mm -hmm. they, they reward you, that's your reward. You don't get anything else. You know, I, I always go back to pastor Paul and what he used to talk about posers and, and like that just always stuck with me and, and how like I really struggle with posers. Like mm. I like to spend my time being around real people, mm. you know, that, that are honest with their struggles and with their, you know, with their ups and their downs and, and so forth. And sometimes there are those that want to present themselves, you know, one way to the world. And then in reality, it's a different story. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've always struggled with those. Well, and that's part of the vulnerability is yeah. not pretending to be something you're not right 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 i mean i think i've always been pretty real so probably too much yeah to kind of get back to to tyler's question is those are the thing i would start with is inviting the holy spirit to to fill you Mm -hmm. every day and the second is look at what is your goal in your relationships with people is it to get what you need or to get what you feel like you deserve or is it to build that relationship with that person Mm. Mm mm-hmm and I, I just need to do a better job of that for sure. And I don't mean to be just putting this back on me, but I mean, we all need to do a better job of that. And I think if we were to love others as ourselves, which is, you know, Jesus's second commandment to us, mm-hmm. um, besides loving him, um, you know, the world would just be a different place. And mm-hmm. I think we need to, you know, it's really hard. You know, we, we in this society... Um, it's all about me, 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 right? And mm. and, and I mean, it's been that way in, yeah. in the real world, right? And and so I think as Christians, clearly that's not what we should be doing. We mm. need to be looking uh, to others and how we can help them and come alongside them. And, um, you know, we just need to, if, if we truly have that in mind, mm-hmm. um, then, I don't know, it, 
the world would be different if we truly looked and loved each other as ourselves. Let's put mm. it that way. And, uh, you know, one way we can do that is to practice gentleness and yeah. that, that strength um, in, a, you know, like a compassionate approach. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's the choice to care and want to build and desire to build that relationship. Right. I think about a, a child, for example. We talked about babies a little bit. Mm-hmm. A baby does nothing but wrong you. there's uh he they cry they um use the restroom like it has it like it those are things that wrong me (laughs) those are things that wrong yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but i'm saying like uh the baby uh in itself does nothing to build a relationship with you but you do a lot of things to build a relationship with it well it's it's essentially like uh like a an uh a infant and even a toddler is uh incapable of being anything but selfish mm-hmm. yeah but you know what they do they do learn it's like you know so my grandson is three and a half my dot my granddaughter is one and a half and you know my grandson probably tells me you know five to ten times a day that i'm watching him i love you grammy mm-hmm. and that's just so amazing to me you know and like i just that's just so awesome and it's not from a oh i want something Sure. Uh, you know, it's it's truly I love you, Grammy, and it's just like the, the just the most precious words to hear. And now Julia, uh, my granddaughter, is, um, you know, starting to do that as well. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know, that's and so rewarding. They do that because you first did it to them. That's right. That's right. And so that's we have to right. keep that in mind as we're yes. dealing with people in our lives, mm-hmm. people that are difficult, people that we don't necessarily like, people yes. that are especially unbelievers. Yes. yes. Um, that we have to initiate. We are the ones who are responsible. We are the ones that know who Jesus is, that have the spirit within us, Mm -hmm. that have to lead in those ways. Right. And so uh, we have to lead the charge in those and and be the first ones to be gentle, to show love, to show kindness. You're absolutely right. To those people. And they will, I mean, that's what Jesus says, uh, be kind to your enemy and it will be like hot coals Mm -hmm. on their head because they don't know Mm -hmm. what to do. Mm -hmm. They're so used to other people being mean back. What Mm -hmm. happens when you don't? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. I agree. <laughs> well, that seems like a good time as any to uh, to wrap this up. If you have any thoughts about uh, gentleness that you'd like to share with us, uh, or about anything that you'd like for us to talk about, we'd uh, love for you to shoot us an email at hello at realworldpodcast dot com, uh, or you can find us on social media on Twitter at the Real World Pod. Uh, but we'd love to connect with you. And uh, next week, uh, we will, or I'm sorry, in two weeks, next episode, um, we are going to be uh, talking about a a challenging topic uh, for anyone to talk about Mm -hmm. with any sort of authority. Wish us luck. And uh, that is the Trinity. Uh, And so uh, Scott will be sharing that with us. So until next time, love you guys. Love you guys. Love you too. All right.